What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Couch Podcast. And in today's episode, me, Butsy, and Zwick are going to begin by recapping week zero from college football weekend. And then Butsy, Zwick, and Jordan are going to be giving out some NFL takes for the upcoming season before finalizing it by talking about Trey Lance to the Cowboys. All right. I am here with Butsy and Zwick, the crew of the gambling couch. We're bringing it back for another gambling season. Uh, last season, me and Butsy had a ton of fun betting. Uh, we're going to keep it all year long, by the way, not just for the college and NFL season. Um, but we at last season, we had a really fun year betting college football and NFL in particular. And I had a lot of fun doing the podcast with you. We are now adding Zwick, the resident other college football fan. Um, Jordan will be on throughout the NFL season for betting, but he's not much of a college football guy. We don't really know why, but um, Butsy, good to have you on. You missed the first week zero. Did you have any plays that you took for that week zero? No, I, I didn't. I, I've been kind of just busy with life, you know, getting shit organized to go back to school, moving back on Monday. Uh, so getting everything organized for that so that when we get back to school, we'll be firing on all cylinders, uh, have action basically everywhere you look. Um, I think that's going to be this Saturday, though. So I'm, I'm looking forward to um, our episode tomorrow. We get into our exact picks. Yes. So, yeah, love to hear it. As Butsy alluded to, we will be having an episode uh, later in the week where we do a pick episode. Um, it's going to be one of those standard gambling couch episodes that you guys all remember and love where Butsy's Wick and I are going to give out our picks for the upcoming uh, college football weekend week one. Uh, now let's review our college football week zero picks. Um there was only a couple of games that were on the card. Obviously, we are recording before the Florida Utah game. Um, we are going, Zwick and I are going to void our picks for that game because uh, Cam Rising is not playing, and neither is the tight end. I forget his name for Utah, but um, now there's really no way in hell that we think Utah is going to win. And in fact, I see Utah minus four and a half. That might be something. I grab Florida's uh, side on because if you're getting Florida at plus points going up against a, a cam rising list, Utah, um, that might be something worth touching. But nonetheless, Zwick and I, we picked, um, I believe Zwick picked USC plus 30 and a half. And I picked San Jose State plus 31. Um, I want to talk about this game because or sorry, USC minus 30 and a half. Um, I want to talk about this game first because this game was, I think, the less interesting game um, between the two, uh, that being Navy and Notre Dame and San Jose USC. So, Zwick, what did you see from Caleb Williams off the bat here with USC? I mean, yeah, he's a superstar, as we all know. Um, a great performance from him. Obviously, you would hope he is a great performance, being the you know favored to win the Heisman and go number one overall against playing San Jose State. You would hope that he you know, goes for 278 and four touchdowns like he did. But yeah, this USC team is going to, is really special. Um, really disappointed. They didn't cover um, only winning by 28. is kind of disappointing, but can't complain too much because this USC team is going to be really good all year. But see, were you scared at all from the, them not covering? No, no. Well, I mean, I guess I was, it kind of transitions into what I was going to say about this team in general. Um, this defense is a little concerning early. Yeah. I know it's week zero, but 28 points to San Jose State, and you're the number six team in the country, and you have the potential to like make the college football playoff and potentially make the national title game. I know that's a stretch for them. I don't really think that's where they're at right now, but you do have the best player in college football, I think, at the moment. 
and you have to help them out on the other side of the ball if you're going to want to win, you know, big games late in the season. So uh, glaring um, struggle for this team early is their defense. I mean, 28 points is ridiculous. Their offense clicked. There's no surprise there. Um, like you guys have alluded to, Caleb Williams is the best player. And college football, he's an absolute superstar. I can't wait for him to be a Cardinal next year because uh, I don't think they're going to win a single game. But nevertheless, they, if they don't tighten up this defense, they're in some real trouble going forward, especially when it comes to spreads. Not to mention it was 14-21 to 21 going into the third quarter. It was a close game, and USC really won the game in the third quarter. They get three touchdowns. Um, I think the 96-yard kickoff return from uh, Dennis off, or sorry, Zachariah Branch's return, I think is what really um, kind of won the game there for USC. Again, they go on to score two more in a row, and by then the game's kind of out of the play here. And they could not stop really that running game of San Jose State. I didn't see a ton of passing. It was mostly just running it old school, uh, slow football, you know. Um, and their secondary, as we alluded to pregame, was seeing seemed to be a little bit of an issue in terms of tackling in the secondary. Um, and it felt like their running backs were able to just get two or three yard gains uh, every single play. Um, yeah, Zwick, any fear? for this USC team in their defense, or do you think that they're more talent? They're talented enough to be successful here. Yeah. I, I don't love their defense, obviously. I mean, just like Bud said, it was gave up 28 points to San Jose state and, you know, they're having, you know, San Jose state had running backs averaging 18 yards a carry. So that's very concerning because, you know, it's kind of like TCU last year. They had a spectacular offense, but they didn't really stop anyone, just like how we saw in the playoffs last year. So I think USC could kind of sort of compare to them, really, with an electric offense and a not-so-great defense, just like a lot of teams in college football. So I think that could definitely be an issue if they're trying to contend down the line, for sure. So 100%. You mentioned TCU, who they won – I believe they were victorious in eight one score games last year. Like eight of them. Because they couldn't because they couldn't stop anybody on the other side of the ball. I think USC could be headed down that path. Um I know the Pac twelve isn't as strong as the Big Twelve. Excuse me, but it's it's definitely still very competitive. There's a few um like we talked about the you know, like the twenty eight points being a problem. Let me break it down because it looks a lot worse. Uh, yeah. It looks a lot worse from the stats perspective. The San Jose State had more time of possession than USC did, totally. Thir- they had uh, 30 minutes and 42 seconds compared to USC's 29 minutes and 18 seconds. They had more rushing yards than USC. They only had one less first down than USC. I mean, like, it's ridiculous. These statistics prove, like, are just showing that USC's defense is absolute trash um, they also only had three com- three penalties compared to USC's eight. So they have a lot to clean up if they're going to stay at the top uh, throughout the rest of the season. But Caleb Williams is a stud, and it's hoping they can get their ducks in a row. I have a little bit of a hot take here. I think USC is going to be this year's Philadelphia Eagles. And what I mean by that is the Eagles had the easiest schedule in the NFL this season, and then – Obviously, they lost in the Super Bowl behind a great Patrick Mahomes performance, and you can argue about the grass and everything, but you can also make the argument that this team wasn't necessarily as tested all the way there because of the easiness of that schedule. I do think 
USC could be one of those Eagles type scenarios where they have a really easy schedule. They're playing Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona, Notre Dame, Utah, California, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA. Um, those are a lot of programs that are in transitional periods. And I think that USC could potentially have a really good record and get to the championship game, but I don't know if they have enough just to go all the way. So, I mean, maybe that's just an overreaction from week one. It definitely is, but I've just, with the way that their defense looks and everything, Caleb Williams is obviously amazing. You ask yourself, what time do they shut him down um, to keep him ready for draft? If this direction, if the way that USC is going directionally doesn't lead towards, you know, something miraculous. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of questions about the USC team. That's all I got to say there for that though. Um, Go ahead, butts. I actually don't think the record's going to be that good. You know why? Why? I think so many schools are going to be looking to fucking murder USC this season. With all this realignment shit, they're leaving the Pac-12 after this year. Teams are going to be fucking headhunting all year. As they should, by the way. They should be headhunting. If I was any of these other teams in the Pac-12, I would fucking be as dirty as... I'd play dirty. I I would. I'd play as dirty as possible. And I would try to fucking send USC a message, like, basically, just fuck you guys. So I wonder if this offense could get slowed down in any way and a lot, and they can't stop the run, obviously, if other teams just beat up USC, like some some random schools in the Pac-12, like uh, Washington State's decent, but, like, they should never beat USC. Like, what if USC goes up to Washington State and they just fucking get bullied? Like, that's a very, very real possibility that they could get bullied in a lot of these games because their defense looks soft as shit. And I'm more looking at that Colorado game. Um, Coach Prime will be there. Uh, I'm interested to see how that looks. Obviously, that'll be a primetime game. I believe that's on. Yeah, it's TBD right now. I could see that being one of those Fox games, something like that, um, you know, where it's just a big name. And, you know, uh, Coach Prime will be able to kind of break down everything and attack that defense. So obviously it's an overreaction. But when you are one of the teams that people think can make it to the national championship, I think you have to be hypercritical of those teams. Um, and kind of read what the data it says in front of us and what we saw with our eye test. Um, let's talk about now the Notre Dame Navy game. This game was pretty insane to me. Obviously, Zwick and I both hit this one. We had uh, Notre Dame minus 20 and a half. So I went 2-0 and for my picks. Obviously, we did not count the Utah pick because of the injuries. Zwick went 1-1. One and one. He had the USC covering, and obviously they did not. So Let's talk about the performance here. The big story, Sam Hartman and this Notre Dame offense looks ready to go. They looked fucking amazing. What did you notice from Sam Hartman, Zwick? Yeah, he looked really sharp. Um, He went 19 for 23, 251, and four touchdowns. So I know it's sort of inferior competition, but he looked like a really good player. And this Fighting Irish team could go places for sure because that defense is that good. And that offense under Sam Hartman looks really good. Um, it was obviously a very lopsided game. Um, I think the Navy kicking a field goal with three minutes left was very, very sad. It's a very sad yeah. field goal. But, you know, I thought this was an easy cover, and luckily it played out that way. Yeah, obviously I think they were relatively ready from uh, Tyler, to get ready to get rid of, rather, Tyler Buckner. Um, and they just had a tough um, QB room, tough as in, not very good. Um, I felt I felt that that was kind of what held them back last year um, in their coach's first year. I did think that we were going to see more rust because it was, you know, 
you know, a couple of coordinators came in that were new and Sam Hartman Hartman is, you know, obviously a new quarterback from Wake Forest, but he fit in perfectly. And this team was running on all cylinders. They looked really, really good. I actually am a lot higher on Notre Dame than I was coming into this game. Um, just from that one performance. I mean, in particular, that touchdown that he threw to the freshman, um, the one that he got, he got like crushed while he was throwing it and he got a right, like perfect ball placement. Um, he made some really, really impressive throws and he could be someone that could be a Heisman candidate on a Notre Dame team that could be overachieving or really doing well this season. I'm very excited to see what they do. Obviously tough to beat up on a Navy team like that, who, you know, just as, like we said, fade the service academies. They, there's something about the rules that makes it harder for them to score and do everything. But Butsy, what did you take away from this Notre Dame game? Uh, Notre Dame's legit. Uh, I want to say Notre Dame's back. And I do want to say this every year because when Notre Dame's good, like college football is very fun. Like I forget who they had the huge, was it USC last year? Did they beat USC at home or they beat, who, who did they beat at home last year? They beat a team at home. They lost at home to Marshall last year. They lost to Marshall. They no, they started horrendous, but towards the uh, latter half of the season, they started to look like the Notre Dame that we expected to uh expected them to look like all year. Um I really like Notre Dame. I want them to be back. If they can start the season strong, I mean they they ended last year playing really good football. Oh, they uh, beat Clemson. They beat oh, Clemson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that and Clemson obviously had a down year, but I think they were still they were right? fourth at the time. They were fourth at the time. Yeah, but it, it was a. I remember that was a big game. And then Clemson kind of went like this the rest of the year, while yeah. Notre Dame actually fucking started going up the roller coaster. So I think Notre Dame is riding the momentum from last the end of last season. I thought they played really good last season. This was just a straight up dominant performance. Um, we're talking about the two teams, USC and Notre Dame. They actually run into each other on August. Uh, sorry, October fourteenth at seven thirty. It's at Notre Dame. And I don't even know. I don't even know if there's a spread out for this game yet, but I think Notre Dame's going to win. Oh yeah, I'm there with you. I also, I think, by the way, that's going to be a fucking electric game. I'm so pumped so for that game. I'm pumped. Um, I also I meant to say, uh, Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner was their backup QB as well. I mean, both guys saw time. Both guys transferred. Uh, Drew Pine is at Arizona. Tyler Buckner is at Alabama. Um, and is actually one of the reasons why I'm not extremely high on Alabama because of their quarterback room. And I'm a Tennessee fan, but that's a mess. Yeah. So, okay. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with this game in particular or any other games that you wanted to talk about? I guess the only real thing was UMass versus New Mexico State. Um, I believe UMass put a beating on them, but the main takeaway was New Mexico State had that quarterback. Uh, his helmet got flipped fully around, covering his eyes, and he still made a pass off, which was pretty sick. Um, that was pretty cool. Was anything cool. else? Football's back. From, football's back. Uh, college football's, football's back, back, baby. I can't fucking wait. We are going to be back um, later in the week to to give out our gambling cards. You better believe there's going to be a lot of plays on there for me, at least um, for this upcoming week one college football weekend. And then obviously as the weeks go on, we'll be doing NFL and college football as well. But um, all right, that's going to do it for the college segment. Next, we're going to have Butsy Zwick and Jordan on to talk about some NFL hot takes. So let's take a quick break and then we'll get right to that. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that little college segment. It's me, Jordan, here to talk about the professional football players with Butsy and Zwick today. So, boys, we, we've done our predictions. We've talked about the divisions. We've talked about our awards. There's not much left for us to predict. So today, we're going to be buying and selling NFL hot takes. Each of us have come to the table with a take that we are either buying or selling, and we want to hear 
if the other two members are buying or selling with us. So with that, Butsy, I will uh, let you get us started. Give us your first take. Yeah, before I get into my take, we talk. We were actually talking about this on the college section. It's kind of a transition. Uh, why do you not like? Why do you not get into college football? <laughs> you like, guys were talking about me. It's just a simple question. <laughs> we were like, you know, because we, we're talking about how we're how we're gonna have you on for like the NFL gambling segments, but not the college football gambling segments. So we just want to know like what your beef is with college football because I feel like as big of an NFL guy you are, you are pretty anti college football. Yeah. So no, where's I that? Am. Where does this stem from? It's a fair question, first of all, but also I want to let you know that it makes me feel good that you guys were thinking of me and you missed mm. me that badly that you were like, wow, why doesn't Jordan talk about this stuff? It's family. You know, we're, we're a family here. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about you. There, thanks, Wick. The reason is because I think there's maybe like four good games on the whole year. Like I, mm-hmm. I want to see I, I want to see teams who can win it all. And I think there's only a handful of those teams. I just think it's so lopsided. Like, I don't care about the the smaller conferences. I, I love watching a, an SEC game. But, like, other than that, I don't get excited for, I don't know, Oregon. Like, I, I don't – I just don't care because care I know about, they're like, not going to win. I, so, here we go. Here we go. Hypothetical. What about next year when they expand the college football playoff? And it's not only four teams that get in now. It's going to be, what, tw- is it 12, Zwick? Oh, yeah. 12, yeah. So, it's going to be 12 but- – that makes it more interesting because Oregon could be like that 11th seed. Okay. Or like the other thing is I do watch the playoffs. Like I'm not just boycotting college football, but I'm not watching every Saturday when I could be doing other things on my Saturday. Like I just, I'm not going to get into it like that. I, I like the, the 12 team playoff for sure. That'll definitely help get me into it. But still you have the, this like recruiting issue and this issue with some schools have so much money and other schools have no chance of competing with them recruiting wise. So that's why I just think if you put, you know, the top three schools from the sec in the, like you could just write them in for right. the best, that's the right. best three teams. You know and it's I mean? not, and it's like, it's like the opposite of college basketball where like, there's just madness from. Yeah. Know, there's not, there's not many upsets. We'll see. We'll see if the 12 team playoff, maybe there's some crazy upset, but I don't know. I, I just I don't think it'll see um, that happening. It might spread out the the recruitment more, like you were saying. I think like you'll start to get names to go places that you know are going to be in the playoff rather than just like the few powerhouses. I don't. I hope that changes um, because writing Georgia in for another national championship this year already kind of sucks. But I will get into my take. Or this is an NFL segment. Um, I'm selling on the New York Jets. I am a thousand percent selling, selling, selling on the New York Jets right now. And the biggest reason is because of their offense. I actually really, really like their defense. I like what they did last year. They're going to do the same thing this year. Salah has that defense running nice and nice and smoothly. Big fan of the defense. This offensive line is not going to be able to give Rodgers enough time to make plays. And if Rodgers is, what, 39, right? I believe, 39 years old. He's one big hit away from fucking being Dunzo. And he does not, and we went over this in the last pod, his first five games are against really good pass rushes. So all it takes is they play the, uh, I think they play the Cowboys, right? Micah Parsons, like Micah Parsons gets Bill, home on. I'll, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. Then they go Giants, Chargers. If any of those edge rushers get home, my, mainly Mike Parsons, because he's probably the best defense player in the league. If he gets home, on Rodgers and delivers a hit, Rodgers could be wiped out and this team is is done. I don't think this offensive line will give Rodgers enough time for this offense to be prolific this season. But also, 
I have kind of hedged this take because we do have their over nine and a half wins. So it's kind of like uh, hedging against your 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 money type thing where it's like, hey, if I lose mm-hmm. the total, at least my take was correct. But if I lose money, I could be like, wow, I'm I, my take was just so spot on. Yeah, but I'm selling I, on the Jets. That's my sell. I, I like that sell. And looking back on our over under predictions, it was probably a bad pick to take their their over. It's a little bit high. I do. I don't think it's impossible that they get over. What was it? They need to get to 10 wins. Yeah. So they need to get to 10 wins. I don't think it's impossible, but God damn, is this schedule fucking hard? And like you said, the O-line is in shambles and that stuff, you know, it it sometimes takes time to piece that together and they don't really have time. Like I just said with their, with the beginning of their schedule. So I'm with you on that take. I, I think the jets probably that they could finish. There's a world where they finish last in the division. Like this division is loaded. So it I doesn't like the, it because of the Pats. I, yeah, I don't <laughs> think they'll finish behind the Pats. I just Mac Jones is is going to be a is this is like I, I'm not a believer in his. I know you are Jordan, but I'm I I still need to see something. I think Bill O'Brien's going to be huge for him this year. Actually, having a legit play caller, but um, yeah, that's my sell. Selling the Jets, Zwick. What do you think? I like the Jets, so I. I don't agree. Um, I'm a Aaron Rodgers believer still, and I think Garrett Wilson is really that good and primed for that big of a year. And we already know how good the defense is. And yes, it's a hard schedule, but you know, everyone, every contender is going to have to go through really good teams to get where they want to go. So I still believe in them. The division, I think the personally, my take is that they'll win the division. I wow. think it's close between them wow. and Buffalo. But I like the Jets. I think their defense is that good. And I think I think they're gonna stumble at first. Maybe they'll start like two and three, maybe even like two and four, but I think they're gonna figure it out and at least make the playoffs. Hot take, they'll win the division, but I think they'll they're a playoff lock. My readjustment on our Jets bet would be I think they go nine and eight after a better look at their schedule and a little bit of a better understanding of their O-line. I I understand where you're coming from, Zwick, because they have pretty much all the pieces, but the schedule is daunting and it's, you know, a new quarterback, um, new receivers for for Rodgers. So I think there's a lot of ways it could go wrong. There's also a lot of ways it could go could go right. A lot of variance with this team. Zwick, do you want to give us your first take? I am, yeah. So mine's kind of mine's kind of bold. I am buying the Washington Commanders. I almost I think... had this take. I almost <laughs> took the Commanders. Go ahead. I think that they're so vastly underrated because one, I'm a Sam Howell believer. Believer, I think that he showed out in game last year against Dallas, and I think that's going to carry over to this year. Two, they might have the most underrated receivers in the league. And Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. I really like that group. And the defense is so, so good. The defensive line, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young is coming back this year. Could be lethal. So I don't love, love their secondary, but I think that defensive line can make that secondary look good and look better than it actually is. And I just, I know they're playing in probably maybe one of the best divisions so it's going to be tough, but I think I like the commanders this year to overachieve 
and maybe even sneak in a wild card. No way. I don't know. But I think they're going to be a lot better than what people are giving them credit for. Go ahead, Butsy. Yeah. I I don't hate it. Uh, Terry McLaurin, is he okay? Uh, I saw his turf toe injury. Is he is he all right? I think he'll be back by like week two or three. Okay. And they are riding. Uh, they're riding a pretty good high right now off the greatest preseason win in NFL history. Uh, beating the Ravens in the preseason. So uh, this team's got a little momentum. But I I don't love Sam Howell. I, I think this team is like, I think to get to where you, the bar that you're kind of setting for them this week, where you kind of see them being, I think that takes another year. Uh, I do really love, love Chase Young. I think he's legit. Uh, Jahan Dotson, I think, there was, like you said, the receivers are stacked. I just don't know how they're going to come together and win football games. That's my opinion. Um, but I don't hate the take at all. I know Jordan, you kind of had, or you almost took the take. So why did you almost take that take? Yeah, I, I completely agree with Zwick. Love the Commanders, and opposite of the Jets, they have a very manageable schedule. I don't know, like all the schedules off the top of my head, but this is one of the easier ones that I can remember seeing. And I think a lot of this comes down to Sam Howell. But everything I've heard about him from people who really follow college football and football in general have said good things about Sam Howell and have said that he's really good on the move. He's good with his feet. He's more athletic than you think. And he's a little bit of a gunslinger and he has some arm talent. So they also brought in Eric the who I'm a fan of. I know there's been some stuff coming out about him that he coaches too hard. Okay. If, if my coach is coaching too hard, I think I'll be all right uh, as an NFL player. So I like the as the OC. I agree with Zwick on the defense on the defense. And yeah, I think their I think their uh, schedule is very winnable. So I was between the Green Bay Packers and the Washington Commanders. The Green Bay Packers are the team that I am buying. I think the Packers are going to be the most surprising team in 2023, Butsy. And is this because I drafted Jordan Love in the 18th round of our keeper league in fantasy? Maybe it might be, but it's mainly because I think Jordan Love actually has enough physical tools and I'm excited to see what he can do with Matt LaFleur. So LaFleur and Rogers kind of butted heads ever since the, you know, the whole time they were together on how to run the offense, there was a lot of disagreements. I think that stuff's going to be gone. Now LaFleur is going to be able to run the offense that he wants. He's going to be creative. He's going to use a lot of motion, probably a lot of RPOs with Jordan love and, and support him with, you know, simple decisions in the past game. And they also have a great run game. It kind of reminds me, a little bit of what we see with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers offense to a lesser degree, um, obviously because the Packers don't have those weapons. But look, Jordan Love, like he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have to be better than Aaron Rodgers. He just he has to be better than Aaron Rodgers from last year, who I'll throw some stats out at you guys had a passer rating of 91.1 and a QBR of 39.3, which were the worst of his career since he became a starter. So Love's had two years to sit behind Rodgers, learn the NFL, learn the offense. I think I think he's going to do pretty good. Zwick, what do you think? Or Butsy, what do you think? I like it. I, I actually feel like people are, are selling Jordan Love really hard, and I don't know why. Um, we haven't seen much of him, which is fair. But to already be out on a guy that you haven't really seen much of yet, who came into the league with so much you know potential and, and so much kind of hype, especially when – you know, the Packers drafted him. They already had Rodgers. It was kind of a big deal at the time. I think Jordan Love's really good. Uh, and like you said, I think Aaron Jones is going to make him really fucking good. Uh, I think the, the RPOs, like you were talking about, as well as getting 
like just the simple reads to uh like Aaron Jones, checkdowns, wheel routes, like screens, just easy stuff to get, you know, love oriented with the offense. And I think LaFour is still a great coach. You know, he's one of the the great young coaches in the game. But you want to talk about strength of schedule. They have the according to CBS Sports, um, they have the twenty-fourth easiest schedule. Let's go. Uh, out of 32 NFL teams. So that, that metric is calculated based off of the their opponent's uh, record from last year. So their, their opponent's total record throughout their schedule. So they have the 24th easiest schedule. So there's actually a pretty good chance that this team could make some noise. Uh, I, they're in a tough division. I think the Lions are going to be really fucking good this year. I almost shall save that. Um, but uh, I, I do love I do love the take. I think Jordan Love could be really good, and I think Lafleur and and Love building that relationship. I think they will have a lot of bright spots this year, and I think next year they're going to be really, really, really good. Um, I just think that it might take a year before they kind of reach the heights that you know that they're capable of. Zwick, where are you at with Jordan Love just as an individual player? I like Jordan Love. Um... I'll say I like him. I don't love him because he, yes, he has the physical tools, but we haven't really seen it be put together. But to be fair, he hasn't really had chances to put it together. I know he started one game against Kansas city a couple of years ago, and I'm not going to hold that against him because your first career start in Arrowhead is not exactly the easiest thing to do. So I think that yes, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are going to help him a lot you know, with the quick game and relying on the run. And I think it's going to be a run first team because their best players on offense are their two running backs. So I, I think that he'll have, I think he'll do exactly what people expect him to do this year and be sort of a game manager kind of. And if he gets the chance to start again next year, he'll really show flashes or maybe in the second half of this year, I think it's going to be a slow start and people are going to be calling like, Oh, Jordan loves a bus. Like they need to move on. You know, he's never going to fill the void of Rogers. So obviously it's big shoes to fill, but I, I like love, but I see the, the, the cause for concern with this Packers team and their offense. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like Jordan love isn't going to be Aaron Rodgers, And I just, obviously he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. Like he doesn't need to be, if he can be, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, or like some lesser version of like Dak Prescott, they're going to be really good this year. I think they have kind of an underrated defense and a pretty underrated skill group too, in my opinion. Preseason's not everything. Love was 21 for 33 for 183 yards, three TDs and no picks. He also ran for 33 yards and he wasn't sacked. Um, I just, I don't know. Their win total was at seven and a half. I predicted them to go nine and eight. Uh, when we did their division a while back, and I'm sticking with that. I think they'll surprise some people. I also think that division is a little bit more up for grabs than we think. I don't, I don't, I'm not scared of the Vikings or the Lions really, and yeah, the I'm Bears. I think are just so. a horrendous defense. Um, I think the what I really like about Jordan Love in this offense, and you kind of touched on it at the end, was like the his ability to run, you know, make plays in the pocket and and extend plays and and run from from the QB spot. Uh he it it, it gives LaFleur a whole nother you know scheme to work with when you when you have a quarterback that can run the ball. Obviously he's not a Justin Fields, but like he can definitely 
extend plays with his legs and make plays with his legs uh, downfield as well. So I, I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. I'm definitely high on him. I think a lot of people are quick to sell for some reason, just because they don't want the Packers to be good, which is totally fair. I mean, Packers have dominated that division for forever. So I don't, I don't, I don't blame a lot of the, you know, Bears fans and, and Lions fans for hating on Jordan Love early just because they're trying to just, you know, put out the flame before it even ignites. That was pretty clever right there. I was off the top. Anyways, high on the high on Jordan Love for sure. Like the pick. All right. Zwick, did you have another take for us? Yeah, I this is kind of basic, but I am selling the Minnesota Vikings. I I'm pretty much convinced myself that they will be mediocre at best. Um, I know they won like 85% of their games last year were one score games. And so I just that's obviously not sustainable whatsoever. And their defense didn't improve much to me. You know, they replaced Patrick Peterson with Byron Murphy, which is sort of a lateral move to me. Um, I like I like Brian Flores coming in at DC, but at the end of the day, you need good players to have a good defense. And the Vikings just simply don't have the players. They lost Dalvin Tomlinson and they lost to Darius Smith. So I think that this defense is going to get torched a lot and it's going to make Kirk Cousins have to throw the ball 50 times a game. And I don't know if that's the recipe for success because that's the time he plays, honestly. Yeah, it, that, yeah if they're playing 830, then they're will lose but for four picks yeah so i just think overall this team is not going to be what it was last year and i the lions definitely got better and the bears definitely got better so i don't see them repeating what they did last year at all yeah i couldn't agree more uh i think that their year last year the way it went, it was oh, so many we talked about this kind of with like tcu just like you brought up the vikings when we were talking about how TCU won eight one-score games last year. How many one-score games did the Vikings win last year? How many games did they fucking squeak out of nowhere? I mean, I know they had the biggest comeback in, like, NFL history against the Colts, but, like, it's just they were – they got pretty lucky in a lot of games last year. And, honestly, they should have beat the the Giants at home in that playoff game, and they didn't. I think that kind of solidified, like, or kind of summarized, actually, how they've been for the last five, ten-ish years – where it's like they have a lot of hope year in and year out, and then they just don't deliver because I don't think Kirk Cousins is that guy. I don't think he's your Super Bowl winning, you know, Golden Boy quarterback, which is okay, but you have to move on from them eventually. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty mediocre this year. I'm with you both. I So here's the thing with, with me and the Vikings is I actually do like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a little bit overhated and a little bit underrated. I also – I like Jordan Addison. I like TJ Hawkinson. I like Alexander Madison. Obviously, they have the best receiver in the league with Justin Jefferson. So, like, I'm not super concerned about them scoring points. The defense is is kind of what gives you trouble when you when you think back to that Giants game and how much they struggled to stop a a good offense, but not a great offense, and not an offense that had a lot of weapons. So I'm totally with you guys. Too many, too many like close games that they just somehow found a way to win. And it, I get that that sounds like you're discrediting a team for, you know, grinding it out and finding a way to win. But some of that stuff just comes down to luck and, and who makes the kick or one play, you know, a turnover. So I just there there was too many things that went their way last year. And yeah, I'm with you. Butsy, do you have one more take for us? Yes, I do. Uh, and this is a flaming hot take, but I love it. The Why? 
Uh, Detroit Lions, they will make the divisional round of the playoffs this year. Okay. Mm. The Detroit Lions will make the divisional round of the playoffs this year. I absolutely love their offense. They brought in Jared Goff as kind of like their rebuild quarterback. He ended up being like that guy. Like, I think it's safe to say, like, he is the guy in Detroit right now. They let they were one of the best offenses or highest scoring offenses in the league last year. Um, their defense had so many holes last year. I think they patched a few of them up. Uh, I know they lost Swift, but I love Jameer Gibbs. I think he's going to be absolutely great in this offense. Obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown is is one of the top receivers in the game right now. I think Jerry Goff is still really fucking good. So I'm a huge fan of Goff. I'm a huge fan of this offense. I think their defense got patched up a little bit. But other than that, I think this team, I think Dan Campbell has this team like just constantly fired up 24-7. I mean, how could you not be fired up playing for a guy like Dan Campbell? Like the way this team plays, it reminds me of like a college team. Like they're always so fucking intense and so hyped up on like kick returns, on any kind of, you know, like, you know, middle of the game play that doesn't really matter. This team is up and this team is fired up. So uh, strictly off of mainly off of vibes, I think this team's going to go far. Uh, and I think their talent on the offensive side of the ball will take care of a lot of that. Um, I think they'll get beat pretty bad in the divisional round. But if they can win this division and host a home game, I, I definitely think that they could obviously win that and then make the divisional round. I think they'll get spanked by like, uh, you know, an Eagles or a Niners. I just think that those two teams have too much talent on both sides of the ball. Cowboys. But, I mean, they're, they're yes, the Cowboys as well. But I think their offense can compete with anyone. Uh, and and I think their vibes are off the chart. So I know that's kind of dumb to say, but I'm going off vibes. Yeah, if you had asked me, if if someone had asked me before this podcast, who do you think Connor Butts' favorite coach in the NFL is? I would have said Dan Campbell in a heartbeat. Maybe Mike Grable. Maybe Mike or Eberflus or Eberflus. <laughs> you are the only Eberflus guy I know. But yeah, Dan Campbell just gets you hyped up. I mean, he's. He, he's a good coach. Um, don't get me wrong, but I do think that's a little bit of a vibes pick out of Butsy. And 100%. the reason I say that is because this defense gave up 25 points a game last year. They cool. were, they were the 28th ranked defense in opponent points a game right uh, ahead of Minnesota, actually, which is funny enough. So yeah, I, I, I'm with you on the Lions offense. I like golf. I don't like golf as much as you or Zwick do. I think he was kind of a product of a good system and really good weapons and and support around him. But I'm I'm basically at the same point with the Lions as I am with Minnesota. I think Detroit will win the division, um, but yeah, I don't see them getting to the divisional. And I think there is a chance that Green Bay steals this division. I'm just I'm sticking with that. So if but if they win the division, do you think they'll win the home game? I mean, it totally depends who it's against, right? And and we would just have no idea. Like like, could uh could the Giants beat them? Yeah, I I think the Giants could beat them. Um, could yeah. a team? I don't know who who else is going to be there. Like, could the Commanders beat them? They would have a high chance of probably playing whoever doesn't win the NFC East. So probably Philadelphia or Dallas. Dallas would be tough. Dallas would be. Very... I don't see them beating either of those teams. I yeah. I don't. I really don't either. Yeah, so but, I'm I'm, sell, I'm selling the take, but I don't hate fair. the Lions. Fair, fair enough. I like the vibes pick because you know Dan Campbell is an easy guy to root for, and I think Jared Goff is also an easy guy to root for, and this team, just as general as a whole, is easy to root for because they've been so bad for so long, and we want to see them be good. But I just 
I don't see their defense being able to take them there. I like the holes that they did fill with Brian Branch in the draft and CJ Gardner Johnson. And I'd like Aiden Hutchinson to have a big year, but I still don't being able to see them stop the run as well. Yeah. And they were very poor at it last year. So yeah. All right. Do we have any more hot takes? I only had the one. Do you guys have any more? Or should we move on to some Trey Lance talk? Uh, I don't think the Cardinals win a game this year. I don't <laughs> think they will either. You don't think I they think, get one game, Zwick? I think Kyler might get him a game, but Blake I really don't. Bad. Like, like it's kind of a joke, but it's also not really a joke because I really <laughs> think they might not win a single game. And like, they could totally surprise us and beat like someone mediocre, and it would it would be very funny. But especially if that was the game that caused them to not get the number one pick. But there is very real that like if if I was a betting man, I would bet that the Cardinals would go 0 17. Wow. I, I think if I were the Cardinals, I would want to go 0 and 17 because this is the Caleb Williams year. This is the year oh, to they do, do it. They for 100% sure. they do. Yeah. 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 It's so, like it's not they're not even faking it anymore. They, <laughs> they I think like they added like seven players from waivers today. So that just shows you how much they believe in their roster by adding seven guys who are undrafted free agents. Yeah, I saw uh, a clip of the joint practice between the Minnesota Vikings. Did you see this, Wick? Did you see this? Yeah, I saw this. Minnesota Vikings and the Cardinals. (laughs) The third string undrafted QB or uh, tight end from the Minnesota Vikings absolutely fucking torched Buda Baker and had him touching earth and was like, I mean, it was... Literally anybody you could imagine on the Vikings, any skill player, any wide receiver, any tight end was just making the Cardinals defense just look like absolutely like, like us. I mean, they were biting on every fake on every do- I mean, it was disgusting how bad they looked on defense. They have by far the worst defense in the NFL. I think Kyler might get him a game or two, but I think two, even if they win two games, that won't be that'll be enough to the point where they can still get the first pick. I don't even like I don't I think Kyler Murray has played his last game as a Cardinal. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. They should they should trade him. They don't I think want him by the, to come by back. the time he's ready to come back, they'll be maybe like one and eight, maybe like probably like oh and nine ish. I think he, he's already out for the first four games, and I think they'll be oh and four and five at that point. So I don't see them rushing him back, especially when they know who's coming up in this draft. Who do they wait? Who's who's their QB going into week one? They cut. Did they cut Colt McCoy? No one else. That that's yeah. the thing. They have they oh. have Clayton Toon. Oh God, they have like Clayton Toon and like exactly right. Like who is Clayton? Toon? <laughs> we don't we don't know. We like Here, we I'll, don't know who's starting. I'll, for I'll the tell Cardinals. you the Cardinals quarterbacks. One second. I know they have Clayton Toon as like their best one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing. I Clayton thought did they Toon. did they bring in Josh Dobbs or am I thinking of the wrong team? Oh yeah, they traded for Josh Dobbs. Okay, so it's probably TikTok. it's probably going to be Dobbs. So good for him. I think that was probably enough Cardinals talk for the whole year, boys. Now, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, they're just so bad. You know, it's about vibes. They got really bad ones. They got really yeah, bad. when they're zero and nine, we'll we'll maybe touch on it and be like, hey, we said they would, would be zero and nine. All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna end this real quick because we only have eight minutes left, and then we'll finish with some Trey Lance trade talk. Okay, so Trey Lance was recently named the third string quarterback in the 49ers depth chart. And then even more recently was traded from the 49ers to the Dallas Cowboys boys. Let me, let me set the stage real quick for just what, what Trey Lance's time in San Francisco was like. So first of all, 
The Niners gave up three first round picks in the 2021 draft and a third round pick. The pick that they gave up was the number 12 pick, which became Micah Parsons. So let's keep that in mind. Uh, They also gave up a pick that ended up being Cole Strange for the Patriots. They gave up a first rounder, which became Brian Breesy, who plays for the Saints, I believe. And the third round pick for Channing Tindall. Now, before we get into the trade, some notable guys that Trey was drafted ahead of. Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, Pat Sertan, Devontae Smith, Justin Fields, Micah Parsons, J.C. Horn, Penny Sewell, and Mac Jones. So... Trey Lance now a backup. Butsy, what, what were your initial thoughts when Trey Lance was drafted all the way until where we are at right now? So I think it was the right draft pick for the spot. Um, the The 49ers were in an interesting position. They they were, you know, they were out on Jimmy G. They he had his he had his run and they, you know, made the Super Bowl, didn't win it. And then, you know, he kind of got hurt and he was playing pretty bad. So I understand they needed to move on from Jimmy G. I understand moving up for Trey Lance. I do I think they gave up a little too much, possibly. I mean, obviously now it's really easy to say that they gave up way too much because of who those picks ended up actually turning into is insane. But I was a fan of Trey Lance in the beginning. I still believe this to this day that he hasn't gotten the most fair shot yet. I know people after this trade have been calling him like the biggest, one of the biggest busts in NFL history. And this could be one of the worst trades in NFL history. Kind of like a, it's, it's kind of similar to like, you know, the, the Celtics nets trade, the historic trade that ended up getting the Celtics, like, you know, all of our, all of our assets and basically everybody we have now. Tatum so, and Brown, basically. Yeah, Tatum Brown, smart. I mean, Rob Will, I think. No, not Rob Will. Maybe Rob Will. Um, anyways, not not the topic. I still believe Trey Lance hasn't gotten a fair shot. I think he'll get it eventually. I don't know if it'll be in Dallas. I'm still a fan of his, but the 49ers, man, like you want to say that they look like idiots, but they're still like the top in the top five for Super Bowl odds of this year. So Very it's true. like they they may have messed up with Trey Lance and they may have gambled and, and, and took a shot in the dark with him and, and traded a ton of picks for him. But you can't say like it that it that it didn't work out. Right? Like you can't real like it's really weird to say that it didn't work out because of where they were last year. I mean, if fucking uh Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt in the NFC championship game, that game's completely different. Do I still think they win? No, but do I think it's a one score game? Absolutely. So the Niners are looking a little silly for the trade. But they could also just sit there and say, fuck you, we're, you know, competing, still competing to win championships. We're right there with the best teams in the NFL, despite doing all this shit. Yeah, uh, if if they go out and win a Super Bowl, there's nothing that you can possibly say. Um, I just don't I, I don't think that they are going to win out in, in the Super Bowl. Uh, I I love the Niners and I love Shanahan and I will stick by them forever. But to, to win it with Brock Purdy would be kind of an unbelievable feat. And. Yeah, like, I don't know. Trey, maybe he didn't get a fair shot, but also was he just a bad pick? Like, maybe he just wasn't good enough. Zwick, what do you think? Yeah, I I think Trey Lance still has a chance to, you know, make something of his career. I don't really think he got a fair shot, kind of like Butts said. I mean, he started, I think, like three games, and one of them was in, like, a fucking monsoon in Chicago. And he snapped his leg at the start of the other one. Exactly. So another one. So I don't really think he ever got a fair shot. And I think if he did get a fair shot, he would, you know, have performed. But then again, 
no, Kyle Shanahan sees some stuff we don't see, obviously. And he saw Trey Lance play in practice and it wasn't good enough. And we saw him play in preseason and what clearly wasn't good enough. So I can't really say that he would have performed, but I think if he, you know, he gets a change of scenery in Dallas and, you know, gets another shot, maybe it's not in Dallas, maybe it's elsewhere. He could really, really be looking like a steal because he was that good coming out of college and could still be a really, really good player in this league. Yeah. yeah. I think real quick, Butsy, my thing is like the Niners and Trey Lance were just a horrible fit for each other because I think Trey Lance on a rebuilding team with a, a coach and a system who could spend a bunch of time with him and sacrifice at least a year or two of, of being like, okay, we're going to develop this guy and he, we're going to build around him rather than the 49ers who have everything you want on the roster to go win. And they're just going to go out and they're going to put the guy who's playing the best in practice under center every week. And they're going to go and try and win a super bowl. And I understand that, but it's like, why would you trade the three firsts and a third rounder to go get this guy? If you weren't going to give him a shot. I mean, I I don't know. They also, they could have taken Justin Fields. Like I said, I know it's easy to say that now, but I don't know. I, I just think it was it was a bad pick at the time, and it was just a terrible fit, and now Trey Lance is kind of suffering because of it. I think the biggest thing was that it's a bad fit. Like, I, you, you actually made a great point, and it was how bad that fit was. Like, you want to talk about a team who drafted their guy and has been building around the guy for the last few years. It's Justin Fields in Chicago. Like, that is where Trey Lance needed to be, or he needed to be – in that kind of system where he had the ability to spend some time with the coach, spend some time with the receivers, you know, be bad for a couple of years. Yeah. Make mistakes, make mistakes, have a bad record. This team with a team with no expectations. And then in a few years, like we're talking about the bears now, probably taking one of the biggest jumps in the NFL this year. So it's like, that could have been Trey Lance in the right system. It, but it just, it just wasn't like, I mean, they had, they had the defense and they had the weapons on offense. They just didn't have the QB. And my point that I was going to make earlier was like, this shit happens. Like it, it happens in the NFL where teams go out and gamble on their guy to get their guy. And, they, and it doesn't work out. It doesn't pan out. That happens a pretty good amount. I mean, there's only, what would you say? Maybe six elite quarterbacks in the NFL, seven elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Like not every first round draft pick is going to be an elite elite quarterback that you can have for all of the years that you're trying to, you know, all the, all of his years, you know, there's not, you're not going to get your Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, like Herbert, like those type of guys, uh, Burrow, like you're not going to get those guys every year. And if you gamble and you lose, it's okay. It just worked out really fucking well for the Niners that Brock Purdy ended up being that good. And and is that good currently? Yeah. So, like this stuff happens in the NFL. Do I, I don't blame the Niners for doing it. Like Zwick said, he was Lance was so good coming out of college. I think they made the right pick. It's just that it didn't work out. And and I think Trey I would Lance say, get a fair shot somewhere else. I would say what you see happen is is quarterbacks go early and just it's a, it's a clear miss, right? Like you can tell they get their chance. Like we saw with Sam Darnold, who had like sixty something starts and never produced. What you don't see happen is a guy go in the top three. And hardly ever play. And that right. goes back to the the team he was drafted to and also the type of player he was coming out of college. Zwick, I don't know. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I like I, I like what Butts said, kind of like 
it happens. Like you pick a quarterback, you know, hoping he's the guy, he's the future, and it shit just doesn't kind of work. Like kind of with Sam Darnold, he had, I think it was like over two years, and he never really did anything. So the Jets moved on to Zach Wilson. Same thing happened. Now the Jets are moving on to Aaron Rodgers. So if you remember during that draft, there was many, many reports that Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones instead of Trey Lance, and John Lynch insisted on Trey Lance instead. So I think if, you know, obviously super hypothetical what-if scenario, if the 49ers had taken Mac Jones, we could be looking at a lot different you know product here because I think Kyle Shanahan with Mac Jones would be really, really good because I think that's a really good system that they have is just a pocket passer who gets it to their weapons in space, especially with, you know, some of the best weapons in the league. So it's tough for Trey Lance, but, you know, it happens. It's how the NFL works. You either pan out or you don't, and maybe he still will, but it's certainly not in San Francisco and it might not even be in Dallas. Yeah. I think, I think that's all my thoughts on Trey Butsy. Go ahead. Yeah. You can't fault the Niners for not giving Trey Lance their his like real spot. Like you, it's really difficult when he's been injured and hasn't been playing great to go out and and start him week one over Brock Purdy or start him in games where you're not going to start him for two or three games either. Like if you want to give that guy a shot, you're gonna have to start him for five games. And if you go one and four in those games and he plays bad, that's detrimental to his season. And this team has winning on their minds so they're going to try to do whatever they can to win and it's may not be the best idea if lance has been injured and not playing great in practice to go out and give him five six games to try and make something of himself like it could be the six best games anybody's ever seen out of you know trey lance and he could they could go five and one or six and oh or even four and two and he could be the starter and and could be like the real franchise guy but why would you take that risk over starting brock purdy like, I don't fault the Niners for not really, at this point, giving Trey Lance his fair shot um, because of how well Purdy's been playing. Uh, it's just it's just difficult, and it stinks. But uh, I still think he's got a home somewhere in the NFL, and yeah. that's, my, that's my take. Yeah, my, my only thing that I would fault the Niners for is you knew he was a project coming out, and you, you should have known that you don't need a project with that roster. You could have taken... Mac Jones, like like Zwick said, or even Justin Fields, who was raw coming out of college, but nobody was as raw as Trey Lance. So I think that will wrap it up for our Trey Lance talk, our NFL talk. Boys, we are coming down to the wire here on the NFL season. We have, I think, eight more real life days until opening day of mm-hmm. NFL season. So what's opening night? Is it Bills or Chiefs Lions, maybe? Chiefs I think? Lions. Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs Lions. Lions at the Chiefs. Chiefs minus six and a half. Total's 54. <laughs> I haven't looked at it at all, guys. I, don't, I have what, no idea. What do you got, Buzzy? You, you got anything? Uh, I mean, I really like the Lions this year. You want to talk about vibes? Uh, this total's really <laughs> high, but I'm going to take the over. I, really I like think, it. I, like it. I, I, think, I think the Chiefs are going to fucking score 30, and I think the Lions are going to score 30. I think it's going to be a really, really high-scoring affair. Uh, it's going to be great. Huh? Just for fun too. Like it's just like oh. it just feels like a game you have to bet the over. It's a game that you have to bet the over. And I'm gonna put out this is an official play here. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna resurface. We'll come back to this play. But teaser, Chiefs down to a point, Chiefs down to a half point. So all they gotta do is win. And then we're gonna go with the over. Uh what's 54 minus six? That's 48. 
you're going to tell me this over is not going to get to 50 and the Chiefs aren't going to win the game. Like, come on, guys. So that is my absolute mortal lock for uh, Thursday Night Football. Probably going to put way too much on it and put myself in a hole going into the first Sunday of the NFL season. But really looking forward to it, man. Football's back. Yeah. Wow. What, yeah. <laughs> what a quick little betting segment from Butsy. That's what he does, folks. That's what I do. No, no Chris Jones for the Chiefs. So, yeah, this is going way over. Way over. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe what's Wick? You might be back. We're, oh. we're 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 still remained to see, but he could be back. I hope he's not back, but he could be back. True. I, I guess I was assuming he wasn't back, but um, plus plus six and a half Lions. Mm. Yes. No. I think Spend. I think I would probably take the Chiefs, but they probably want you to take the Chiefs. I don't know. We're just talking about betting now. Vegas uh, wants you to take the Chiefs. Yeah, we are. We are going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with more NFL. We'll probably come back for a little uh, Thursday night preview on that game. So stick around. Thank you and peace.